0: Let go let go let
1: go go Before we jump into our episode today, I wanted to talk about our sponsor. So you've just purchased the Harry Potter Diagon Alley set. And just love the build and the design. But think, what would it look like at night if it was all lit up? Well, with Game of Bricks, you really don't have to imagine it. They made it a reality. Game of Bricks produces custom lighting kits for your favorite LEGO set. From the Lamborghini Zion, to the Razor Crest, to the latest LEGO Christmas 2-in-1 wreath set. There are so many options to choose from. They send you a lighting kit, and then you slightly adapt the building process so that you can include the lights in your set. They sent me a lighting kit for the Disney Castle, and just wow. The level of detail and depth it gives is just stunning. Make your Lego creation a statement piece and stand out on your shelf with a Game of Bricks lighting kit. These can be purchased through their website on gameofbricks.eu and the link will be provided in the description. Give that Lego build the extra pop of light and color it deserves and purchase yourself a lighting kit from Game of Bricks. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Back to Brick podcast. I'm your host, Garrett. And today we also have another special builder interview. Today, we're going to bring on Ralph. Ralph, thank you so much for, you know, taking the time out of your busy day to talk with us about your Lego designs.
0: Hey, my pleasure, Garrett.
1: So Ralph, just give us some, uh, you know, basic facts uh, so our listeners can get a, a bearing of where you are and what you like to do with Lego.
0: Sure. Um, my name is Ralph Savelsberg uh, in Dutch, or Savelsberg as English-speaking people will, uh, will 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 say. And I'm known as Mad Physicist on Flickr, which is the social media channel that I'm mostly active on. Uh, I live in the Netherlands. I've been building with Lego from a very young age. There's a picture of me um, with a Duplo model of a windmill, which is probably the most Dutch thing I could ever build. Uh, it's <laughs> Probably age three. I don't build windmills anymore, or at least I haven't for a long time, but uh, I've been building with Lego for 40 plus years and I I mainly build scale models of vehicles.
1: So you started at a very young age at building mocks? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know when, but
0: this picture is from when I was, I don't know, three and a half or or thereabouts. Um, And there are lots of pictures of me as a preschooler with Lego. And I remember getting a Lego train when I was six. So, uh, no, it goes back a long time. I'm in my mid 40s now. So, uh, <laughs> it's been a while.
1: A very, you know, constant progression, you know, con- constantly with Lego. Um, um but, uh, well, let's hope there's progress, right? <laughs> I, I will, we'll get into that, of course, because there definitely is progress, <laughs> sure. at least from what I see. <laughs> um, there's billions of minifigures out there, and we all like to collect or build them, but some people don't. But... You know, if you could make a minifigure that kind of personified you, what, what would it look like?
0: Yes, yeah, so you have told me about this question. Uh, and uh, and uh, a while ago, and I've been pondering my, my reply, and, uh, you know, um, it's, not, it's not an easy thing. I'm not a, I'm not a big minifig scale builder to start with. Um, I'm, I'm building a few more minifig scale builds uh, now than I have done in the last few years. But for a long time, I didn't use them very much. Uh, And uh, I I do admit, you know, they're a lot cooler than they used to be back in the 80s, and and indeed, you know, there are so many different pieces, so it's a hard choice, and uh, the question for me hinges on what is it that I want the minivig to represent, is it, do I want it to represent who I am, or, or do I want it to represent you know, somebody that I would aspire to be, or somebody who has a more adventurous life, for instance. You know, if, if that's if if that's the, the reply, then I would have to go for for an astronaut. You know, one of the astronaut figures with the lunar lander, uh, because how how cool is it to stand on the moon and to look
1: back at the Earth? Oh yeah, um, I mean that that's pretty good pick. <laughs> I, okay, well, okay, actually, I'm glad the, you glad you proved. <laughs> That's actually, I think, even the first person are. to say that.
0: Okay, well, even, even if the moon is made out of Lego or, you know, those old crater base plates or whatever, it's still still the moon. But uh, that figure doesn't really represent me, of course. Uh, because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a university lecturer, uh, and I'm quite happy with my job and with my life. And, uh, and uh, you know, the minifigure of me would uh, would wear uh, normal trousers, a, a probably a shirt and glasses, and have gray hair. That, that, that sums me up uh, in real life. So far removed from an exciting test pilot slash astronaut on the moon.
1: Well, maybe removed just in the physical part, but mentally you're, you're an astronaut in, in in some fashion, I'd say. <laughs>
0: uh, well, yeah, I do, I do teach about rockets, so there's that ink.
1: Oh, there you go. You're already halfway there. <laughs> 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 you built... A mock really early in life, but now as you progressed, how did you jump into building vehicles?
0: I, when I was about seven. I had a really good friend from school, and we used to get together after school as well. And uh, and both of us were sort of crazy about cars. And we had uh, we built our own cars, and we had our Avaland figures. Would you believe it? Uh, have uh, have uh, adventures with those cars, and I think uh, uh, probably some of that goes back to 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 that time. So when it was sort of seven or eight, um, and uh, there were cartoon shows that we used to watch on television. Like I don't know whether you've ever heard of it. There was a show called Mask, where they had vehicles that could turn into a jet or into a helicopter. We used to build those, um, and uh, yeah, I never. I don't build those anymore, but I, I, still, uh, I still like building cars uh, and also, um, well, I think I saw Top Gun sort of in 1987 or thereabouts, or 1988 on TV, um, and that got me interested in, in, in aircraft, um, and that also got me interested in building aircraft models, particularly also because of you know, the plastic scale modeling that some people do. I was terrible at that. Right? My friend was good, but I, I, I mm-hmm. just not. I don't have the patience, and there was all a lot of glue and, and sand, sanding, and, and uh, paint involved, and uh, uh, that was not my cup of tea. So building them out of Lego made, uh, made an awful lot of sense to me at the time, and still does. It's much more fun. And I, I've tried to expand a bit, you know, build 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 other things, but I keep gravitating back towards planes and cars.
1: In general, I don't think that's a bad thing to build out a Lego. I, I share the same sentiment about model cars. I had a few when I was younger, just uh, right. never really got into, I never got past the point where I had to now paint it. I'm like, ooh, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I did. Together, I, but, I, yeah.
0: I did paint mine, but then you would look at your model uh, on your desk, uh, probably slightly high from the gloom, mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and 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 at the, at the at the front of the box that it came in, and you know my version never compared. You know it was always terrible.
1: Uh, yeah, um, and that was the hardest part. At least when you could do a Lego, at least you can make it either look like something, or if you were to buy like you know the car sets, it looks like what you're getting.
0: Exactly, what you see is what you get. Uh, and uh, and if I build my own mock um you know, um, uh, there are inherent limitations to the effects you can achieve with Lego, right? There's, there's always going to be a certain mm-hmm. limit to the smallest part that you can use and to the shapes. And I, I actually actually don't mind that. And I, I, I like the Lego aesthetic that you get. I like having some studs on my models, for instance. So um, it's a Lego representation of the real thing and that has awesome. some limitations, but that also kind of makes it cool. And it'll. I can accept that it'll never look perfectly like the real thing, mm-hmm. but but I can still get pretty close.
1: Right, right. I mean, and the goal is to. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm gonna guess the goal is to make it in the scale that you like as accurate as possible to the shaping of that of that vehicle.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think that sums it up quite nicely. Um, um, with 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 added studs, though.
1: You know. I've spoken with some designers where they really like it to be as smooth and as clean as possible no studs. And then others that like, it's a Lego make it studs. I, I like both. Do you have a, I mean, you have a preference obviously that you like the studs. What makes you choose these, um, more studded style?
0: Um, I think it's, uh, probably goes back, uh, um, a, a fair while as well. Um, in the 80s i used to be a huge fan of the of the model team sets um which uh i mean some of your listeners may not may not know but they were really certainly for the time really realistic models of mainly vehicles that uh, came out uh, i think in 1986 and the range ran until the early 90s um and uh they were the sort of vehicles that I aspired to building to uh, when i when I was you know in my in my early teens, which I was at the time um, and uh, even though they were very, really detailed, they too had studs so the, and, and the studs is 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 for me is a part of the aesthetic that goes with Lego. Um, the whole studless building. Uh, is, is a, a, I think, a much more recent development. Even for Lego themselves, if you if you if you look at the recent sort of creator vehicles like the Mustang, which is which is a great set, and that's almost completely studless nowadays. Twenty years ago, it wouldn't have been. I, I like the Mustang; it's it's an awesome set. But to me, the the style of the model team sets look more like Lego, and I like my models to be. Lego representations of a real thing, almost as though whoever designed the model team truck that I was a fan of in the eighties, as though they would have designed one of the vehicles that I'm building now with studs. Um, It's not exclusive. Um, You know, most of the things that I just build to entertain myself, they are studded, but I do collaborate with with other builders for events. Uh, And uh, many of them do prefer studless models. So uh, uh, to fit in with 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 their models, uh, I I do build studless every now and then, um, and it's uh you know it's it's possible to build studless and still have something of my own style. So I do I do quite enjoy it, but not not always.
1: And I think that it 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 doesn't matter. I think in the long run, it's it is made out of Lego. So like for me, I I do both styles, but. I Mm -hmm. will say looking like just enjoying your designs. It's really nice to see the stud because you, there's so many design things you'd have to change just to like, you know, make the hood of a car studless. Um, because you're either going to have to do tiles or you're going to have to turn, uh, pieces sideways and it it creates even more challenge. And then in the end, can, can you do it in that scale?
0: And it doesn't necessarily look all that much better. Um, Right. If, uh, certainly, um, one of the things I do when I'm building an aircraft model is, uh, is I, I, step, I step plates and tiles, and I mix them. And that actually, to the eye, gives it, it, gives it a slightly um, gentler curve than it would do if you were to build it solely using plates or solely using tiles. So you can actually use the studs to your advantage. Um, a, similar, a similar technique is, uh, if you say build the roof of the car, um, you know, the roof of the car, the middle bit is, is practically flat, but towards the edges, they tend to slope down slightly. And it's, it's very subtle. But If you make the middle bit studded and you make the outer edge with a tile, you, you, your eye immediately turns it into a slight curve.
1: It is cool to see it like trick the eye. Because it, like from a distance, you're like, wow, that looks so like clean and flat. I don't know how they did. And then you walk up, like at one of your, if you're displaying them, then they're like, oh, actually, nope, that's Lego. But it also but still it looks right like the it? car, yeah. Uh,
0: sometimes you know some some, some people um, look at my models and and say, well, doesn't he doesn't he ever do any SNOT building, right? And um, and they they snort is this weird uh, abbreviation or acronym that stands for studs not on top. So they. They see studs on top of my model, and they, and they, they, they mm-hmm. go, well, oh, that's not it's not building. And, uh, and I think, well, yeah, they look simple, maybe, um, but they're really not. Uh, there's uh, uh, And, and uh, so I see snot as, as sort of any sort of structure where you go sideways or upside down with elements, irrespective of whether there are actually studs on them. Uh, and, uh, and my models usually are chock full of those techniques, even though they do have studs on the top of it.
1: um, It's a as we just said before. It's a combined uh, mode of creation. You can't just do everything the same way.
0: Yes, and that's that's the that's 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 the big
1: you know that's the fun of Lego,
0: right? You have these you have these limitations in the sort of parts that are available and the shapes that you have, and certain parts and certain colors, and, and and you have to be creative to come up with ways to combine them such that you get the effect that you want. Um, which uh, um, I suppose if you, if you could get any shape, you know, if you could three D print your elements, you know, why why would you even bother building them out of elements in the first place and not three D print the whole thing? But that's a, probably a different discussion. Anyway, <laughs> I like I like What <laughs> are limitations? Um, they force you to be creative. and They force you to come up with 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 uh, you know different combinations.
1: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm, yes. And that that is like the overarching thing I've heard with designing, uh, especially even myself is it's a square brick, but I can make a round, I can make a ball out of this. And yeah, that's the coolest part is if you have that imagination to see something, but you know, it can do more. Yes, exactly.
0: Um, I don't know whether this applies to you too, but I've had similar discussions with with other builders. Um, you know, if they if they if they're walking around in a city and they're looking at things, um, they're already imagining how to re- how they could re- recreate them uh, with Lego. Um, specifically, roofs do that to me. If I see an interesting roof, I go, Ooh, I wonder, you know, those sort of slopes or angled plates or I don't know some wedge plates. Could I, could I recreate that? And you look at something and your mind starts turning it into Lego. Uh,
1: yeah, no, I, I see, I in Lego, uh, <laughs> maybe not yeah, the same as exactly. like numbered, uh, like Emmett does in the Lego movie, but I, I see like a, yeah. a unique building or a curve and I'm like, Oh, that'd be so cool if I could figure out how to do that in a curved fashion with Lego. Um, and, right, and, uh, yeah. and now you
0: know, another another typical thing that I found that a lot of Lego builders do is um, uh, colors. Right? Do you do you if you if you have to describe the color of something, uh, do you go do you go with the matching Lego color?
1: Yeah, I, I do. Uh, it's funny because yeah. now, like, just looking at like the table, I can see it as the the light brown. Uh, color, which I'm super disappointed. Lego only makes like five of those bricks. I wish they made more. Yeah, yeah, that's um, very disappointing. <laughs> and uh, but that, that's the thing. There's there's certain colors you're like, uh, oh wait, that's that's not um, uh, that's not green. That's turquoise or that's dark turquoise. Um, I have to say so, yeah, they're making it they're
0: making it harder with all those colors they introduced for the Friends theme. You know, there's there's just how many teals and and and, and turquoises can you have? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, apparently not enough because uh, they got to make more like, in your designs like as we talk about color and stuff do you have trouble matching some of these because uh, like right now uh, I'm looking at your icon uh, iconic cars series where you do like the uh, a-team truck you have the um, uh, the Jurassic Park Jeep uh, and a bunch of others like the Batmobile just to name a few yeah, the original yeah, and, like
0: Fifty or sixty of them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did you how how's that how's that work when you're trying to find those colors and making sure that it's as, as accurate as possible and like you know, your windscreen, you're not gonna find a big windscreen. Y- you build no, these no, Yes.
0: This is something that a lot of people don't like about my models, the windscreens. Um, uh, but um so I, I build I build my windscreens using transparent bricks and transparent slopes. Uh, And uh, uh, as everybody who builds with Lego knows, if you stack a lot of transparent bits on top of each other, you end up with something that's really not all that transparent at all, right? So you you can't actually see through the windows. You can see that it's a window, but you can't see what's inside with with most of them. Um, It's one of those compromises. I'd rather have a windscreen that I can't see through than than not have a windscreen at all. Um, And uh, not having a windscreen is fine if it's flat, if you think of uh, as a sort of '50s car with this really sort of curvy panoramic window, if, if you have just an empty frame, it just doesn't look right. At least to me, I, I'd rather fill that in. So that's a that's a compromise. Um, the colors, well, you know, a lot of lot of things have improved um, in terms of colors. There there are so many of them that it's uh, that it's it's rare for me to find a car. Uh, certainly when it comes to, say, a, a movie car or, or uh, a car from a TV show um, that has a color for which I can find no equivalent. There, there, are, some, there are some that, that makes, make life hard. Uh, for instance, um, there's the Pontiac Aztec from uh, Breaking Bad, which, uh, which has this really sort of sickly, livery, Brown, greenish color in the in the in the show, um, and uh, and that was um, I had a hard time with that. I uh, I, I considered sand green, um, but I ultimately went with tan bricks because it is it is the closest, but it doesn't have the greenish tint tint to it that the one has in the in the in the movie. So that that was a compromise. Mm-hmm. Another one was the um, Fab One from from Thunderbirds, which is pink. Now, of course Lego makes pink um, Lego makes lots of pink, but I didn't have any of it and uh, so I collected pink Lego for uh, for a ridiculous amount of time before I had all the pieces to be able to build a car and I like, okay I've now I've now reached the point where I'm buying pink Lego on bricklink you know, this but hey it's a pink car what 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 can you do um? I'm trying to think of whether there were any cars that I would have liked to build that I ultimately ended up not building because I didn't have the parts and the color. But I can't think of any right now.
1: Um, well, I mean, I mean out of 50 iconic of- cars, there's, there's quite a few. I don't know if you've missed. The only one, honestly, the only one I've seen or thought about while looking through this would be like right. the, the, the mystery van from uh, Scooby-Doo.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, I've you know I've thought about that, and um, I've I've tried to steer clear of cartoons really, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I realized I realized I was a, a sort of live action movie with a computer animated dog as well, um, but that was just horrible. And and and, and so <laughs> it's uh I can tell you a funny story about that though. Um, because Lego made made a set of that Mystery Machine right a couple of years ago. Mhm, they did. And uh, so I, I displayed my movie vehicle collection at a show in the UK a few years ago. Uh, and I'd been talking to friends of mine from the Netherlands uh, about how, how cool this show is. Um, and uh, that year they decided to come over. So there were four other Dutchmen besides myself at that show uh, because I convinced them that it would be cool. And uh, as, a, as a gift, because I was the, the guy who convinced them to go there, they, uh, they decided to buy me the mystery machine um, set. And uh, uh-huh. uh, I didn't know about this. This was a, this was a, uh, a surprise. And uh, I did see one of them building that set earlier in the morning, thinking, oh, he's bought the mystery machine, uh, but thinking nothing of it. And then later during the day, as I walked past my table, I noticed my friends looking at me. Um, and uh, At some point, I got I got a bit suspicious, and then I realized that the Lego set of the mystery uh, of the mystery machine was sitting among my Lego car collection. And <laughs> I, hadn't seen it. I, it. I walked past it maybe a dozen times. I hadn't seen it, and they were there looking at me, wondering when I was going to finally pick it up. Um, Cool surprise, uh, cool prank, um, and uh, you know, I still, I still have that sitting, sitting in my office upstairs because it's it was just, you know, <laughs> such, it was such a cool memory.
1: Yeah, you just uh, bro, you just breezed right past it, just blended yeah, yeah. in with all the other cars. <laughs> Even though it's a different scale, you know, it t-
0: tells yeah. you how, how you know, probably had a pint too many the night before.
1: <laughs> That's funny. That's a good story. I don't, I never got the mystery van. And uh, I always loved, I was just a big Scooby-Doo fan, but like some of the other cars in here is great. The Munsters. Um,
0: uh, oh yeah, the Munsters coach.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, that yeah. was fun. One. And uh, Chitty uh... Chitty, Bang Bang. Like the, the, these are iconic cars. And what's great is like anyone that sees a, uh, this build in person or a photo, they're going to know what it is.
0: These, um, you know, I've been I've been to a lot of shows with a lot of models, uh, and and these are by far the most popular ones that I ever took to events, because um, um, you know kids and their parents will come to these to, to these events, and uh, you know the, the kids will recognize the sort of more modern ones or or vehicles that are from um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, for instance. You know that, that is an icon. Uh, uh, but there'll be some some stuff from eighties TV shows like The Fall Guy or uh, or eighties or movies like Blue Thunder, which the kids don't know, but the parents do because the parents are my mm-hmm. age, uh, and and you, they, they get into this. A lot of people get into this little game where where they ask their kids to point out the ones they know, and then the kids go, "But what's that, Daddy?" And so they spend a lot of time looking at all of them and uh, and sort of reminiscing about how terrible The Fall Guy was. Um, uh, and and it becomes a sort of sort of family family thing which for me as a builder is really rewarding because people are thinking looking at the models, discussing the models, thinking about them uh, and uh, asking me questions so there's a lot of interaction they are amazing fun and uh, you know it's featured off a little bit, I haven't built uh, any of them recently um, because I think I built well (laughs) I built so many of them uh, um, it's becoming becoming harder to find ones that are interesting, but um, yeah, I will. I, I do still, uh, I do still have them. Um, I, I, there aren't any shows now, but I'll take them to shows again, and they'll probably add a few. Mm-hmm. You know, so much more fun to display than my aircraft models.
1: Which I was just going to actually get to after, you know, first saying great job with the Top Gear team. That, that, was, that was really fun. Oh. Uh, <laughs> having them with the, the Caterham.
0: I, I, I have to admit that um, that was inspired by a, uh, by a build from, uh, from one of the Legoland parks. I mean, mine are slightly different and a slightly different scale, but they do have a sort of similar, similar scene. Uh, and, and certainly at shows in the UK, they go down really well
1: oh yeah i bet and especially now with the the, we're big grand tour fans and top gear fans here in our house so they they crack us up um it's just fun to see them also uh,
0: people people keep telling me that my uh, richard hammond figure is too tall
1: (laughs) yeah it only should be like one stud tall uh (laughs) it should come to jeremy
0: clarkson's hip height
1: oh yeah um but now, I, I did want to move into your aircraft build, uh, builds. The, they're massive. Um, and especially, like, I'm in the United States Navy, so I know a lot of these aircraft. Um, what drew you to do uh, aircraft and military vehicles like this?
0: Top Gun happened 19, 1986 or 1987. I don't know when it came out, but a couple of years later, I saw it on TV, and I thought these things were just so incredibly cool. Um, and uh, and uh, the, the Lego the, the uh, plastic scale modeling kit thing didn't work out because of all the glue and the paint. So uh, uh, yeah, I started building them out of Lego, and uh, um, well that must have been sort of late eighties, and uh, obviously then. Um, there were far fewer curved parts and sort of wedge plates and cheese slopes and whatever all kinds of good parts that we have now that make building airplanes somewhat easier in some respects and um, so they were they were quite blocky um but um i've I've kept improving them over the years and they keep getting nicer, I think, and I keep getting closer to the shape that I want uh, and uh so there's endless there's endless inspiration there and also. Um, there are so many, right? Um, I, I, you, you, you may have noticed uh, that I do have a lot of U.S. Navy aircraft, in particular. And uh, you know, there's, there's something very cool about flying jets off a carrier.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, was in, uh, I was in, I was in, was Norfolk yeah, uh, last year, this uh, around this time, and I took a uh, took a cruise through the port, and I actually saw two Nimitz-class aircraft carriers for the first time. Um, and they are amazing. And uh, um, jets on top of that, is, they are just amazing. And the F-14 Tomcat in particular is amazing. And I, I realize they're retired now, but you know, for me, if I think of an aircraft carrier, I think of Top Gun and I think of Tomcats. And, uh, and that combination is just very cool. So I've always had Tomcats and I've, I've been building other types of US Navy aircraft around them. I'm looking at um i'm looking at building some from the 50s now which uh, which uh, which would be a new project
1: that's just very cool they're done really well are they so are they to that minifigure or not excuse me mini figure mini land scale that you've done for some of the other builds that you do or are they at a smaller um, scale i build them at
0: two different scales um I, the the, the I a, uh, a scale, uh, some are built to a scale of 1 in 36, which, uh, um, which is a bit larger than I would consider appropriate for minifigs, but um, for some reason it works quite well. There's just enough space for undercarriages, um, and, and, and the weapons, sort of the, the, the diameters of the round bricks that LEGO makes are reasonably suitable for making various types of missiles and tanks, uh, you know, fuel tanks uh, that are suspended from the wings. Um, and also, uh, because the scale is relatively small, I can build really large aircraft at that scale. Um, so right, I have, right. A, uh, I have a B-52. Um, We're well, not not US Navy, obviously, as you know. Um, but um, that is at a scale of 1 in 36 that has a 5-foot wingspan. So it's huge. But um, yeah. it, it is the only reason why it isn't huge, even more huge is because the scale is relatively small. Um, I, I'm also, I've also built some aircraft at the, the slightly larger scale, that's sort of closer to Miniland, which is, uh, I think Miniland is 1 in 20, and mine are about 1 in 22, and for complicated reasons. Um, and uh, they're big projects, you know, even, even, even a relatively small aircraft, like an F-16, again also not US Navy, at, at a scale of roughly 1 in 20 is, uh, I don't know, two and a half feet long. So it's a big it's a big thing um so I don't do that all that often uh, I'm, I'm not patient enough to build all these large things
1: <laughs> the scaling I would say it I was asking because it looked to be the harder aspect because you have to you know still have you know like for the tomcat the swept wing design just in the right fashion with it leading into the cockpit it's uh it it's definitely a way of shaping it. To look just like a specific aircraft because some aircraft look very similar to the others so you want to distinguish between you know an f-15 uh between an f-16 things like that
0: sure uh i I want to get to a point where somebody who knows the aircraft will immediately go oh look that's an f-16 and not just any f-16 oh look that's a dutch air force f-16 or, or uh, oh, that's uh, that's an air, that's, that's that's a U.S. Navy F-14 that used to be on USS Nimitz. Or, you know, they're, they're, I get I get really anal about these things. Um, I got a really <laughs> cool comment from a uh, he's, he's a former B-52 uh, electronic warfare officer, and he loves my B-52 model. And he says um, he, he said when he first saw it, he noticed that there were a couple of blade antennae uh, suspended from the fuselage uh, at the bottom. He said, they're, they're right next to the access hatch, and you don't want to know how often I hit my head on those when I when okay. getting out of the airplane. And, and you've got them, your model has those antennae. Okay, so these sort of details, I, I, I like that. And, uh, and, and I certainly like hearing from people who actually work with these things, that they recognize them and that they recognize the details and that I got things just right. It's, that's very cool.
1: That is that that is really cool. It's funny that you say that because, for an example, I know the F eighteen, and that's sure. like extremely well represented. The um, you also have the Tomcats well represented. Like, and my father was actually an E two pilot in the Navy. So looking at your oh. E two, like having the dish, like it's the perfect scale too because. Like, that thing was massive. Uh, and it, It's amazing that, that they could
0: land these on aircraft carriers. It's just amazing.
1: It has, I believe it's eight feet of uh, clearance. So it's the hardest thing to land on the aircraft carrier. And uh, my yeah, dad would definitely, well, I'll have to show him these pictures, because he's be like, oh, man, that's so cool. Did you do it?" I'm like, mm, no. But <laughs> uh, it, it's just a very, very cool representation. Now, how do you design something like that? So as an, just take one of your aircraft as an example. How, how do you go about starting your process of building that out?
0: I mean, the first, first step is, is actually the selection, right? What, what is it that I'm going to build? During that selection, I'm already looking at, can I build it? And is it even possible? And once I've sort of reached the conclusion that, yeah, I can probably do this, then I'll, then I'll start by collecting lots of photographs, um, I have books, which, which are very useful, but also uh, there are uh, web pages where scale modelers show off their models, uh, which, which come in very handy because they often show details that, that you don't see in a, in a photograph of the real airplane. Um, and uh, so I, I gather a lot of information, um, and, uh, and I, I typically, because the scale matters to me, because they're, they're all part of a collection, I want to be able to put them together. I work out the size, I typically do that on paper, on graph paper, so I work out how large the thing has to be, say how long is it, what is the wingspan, and how many studs will that be, and then I make a drawing, uh, and I fill out um, the sizes of a lot of things, you know, how wide is the fuselage, how, how, how long is the wing cord, uh, where do the, do the tail fins sit, uh what's the diameter of the engine nozzle so I work, work work out all that on paper and, and using diagrams and photographs before I put the first few bricks together. Um, and uh once I once I have this plan, then I then I start building. And then I typically I typically go fairly quickly right? because I already have a plan, I know what I'm doing, and then I can there's relatively little trial and error involved in most of them. Um, there are some exceptions, but usually the idea in my head and on my picture is good enough to to, to just build um, So I don't do digital building, for instance um, A lot of people do, but I'm old fashioned and I do things on paper
1: Well, I mean, I don't think I've ever actually heard someone do a design on paper, but i, I looking through your photos, seeing you do that how do you use? I I think I missed. Did you say that you use standard or graph paper to just kind of get that scale? Yeah,
0: not just just graph, graph paper, typically with uh, with squares, um, and uh, certainly for a top view, if you build studs up, you know that works mm-hmm. perfectly. Uh, and if you're looking at the side of a brick, obviously you know the, the bricks aren't uh, aren't perfect squares, uh, but. Uh, I do know so that five plates are, are are the equivalent to a brick that's two studs wide. Uh, and so that works on my graph paper as well. And uh, yeah, I do that. I've been, I've been doing that for a long time and it, it works. So you know, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Um, I've tried <laughs> digital building, but ugh, it's just, uh, yeah. I think it's probably you know, they're pretty impressive if you consider that a lot of this stuff, like like say the NlCAD and and, 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 and LDRAW, those sort of things were actually written by fans and are maintained by fans, uh, and, and, and the possibilities that are in that sort of software are pretty amazing. I mean, I'm impressed by it, but for designing a model? Well, my hat's off to people who can actually do that. For me, it doesn't work. It feels clunky and awkward. And and, um, I'd rather go from my little drawing to real bricks and do it that way. Uh, I find that a lot more, um, well, a lot easier to handle. And also, I spend a lot of time on my computer anyway. Um, You know, it's too much like work.
1: (laughs) Right. It's, um, I mean, I don't have the access to the bricks. And I, I say that, like, every time. I use digital quite often, but it's right. uh, it is probably way better to you know use the physical bricks because you get to handle and feel and see in a physical way what it's turning out to be because you can correct it. Uh, it's, a, it's it's a luxury. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
0: I guess, uh, I, I am I am lucky in that I have a, a fairly well. I have a substantial uh, collection of Lego. Still, it's never enough, right? I still, I still find that I'm building something, and I need, I need, say, twenty of a particular type of slope, and I only have ten, and then out goes another brickling order. But um, yeah, I, I can do, I can do a lot of things with the collection that I have, um, and uh, it's, uh, it's much more. I I, 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 enjoy it. I can understand that, you know, if you don't have access to the bricks, uh, digital is a good alternative. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: A friend of mine is in the U.S. Air Force, currently deployed somewhere to the Middle East, and uh, you know he, he he doesn't he doesn't have his bricks with him, obviously. So uh, uh, you know if he's yeah. not partying or whatever it is that he does in the evenings, he's, he's in his he's in his little cabin or hotel room and designing Lego models on his computer, which is pretty cool, really
1: i'm also guilty of that because like when we travel i'll use my i'll break up my laptop and just build where i can you know um yeah, if sure. i have an idea and just keep going and but like just seeing it's harder because then i have to then think oh this is great uh now i have to go spend all that money to get all those bricks <laughs> uh yeah yeah it's not much for yeah. <laughs> like, me. Mm-hmm. no so I, no, I, 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 have a,
0: I I have a piece of I usually have a, some you know I have a a notebook or whatever and uh, if I have a if I have a dull moment during a during a trip where I don't know what I should be well you know when I'm when I where I don't know what I should be doing yeah you know I, I I draw I draw Lego models on my piece of paper
1: and I mean that's. It works. Whatever it you know, whatever uh, you need to do to have uh, the design actually done.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not telling people that this is the way they should do it, right? This is, <laughs> right, right. This is the way I do it. That works for me. And if, if 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 your brain works differently, or if if your collection is organized differently, or you don't have much of a collection, or or you're more of a freestyle builder who just gets some parts and then puts them together and goes, that kind of looks like a spaceship. I'll build from that, you know. My hat's off to you. Just, just everybody should do things the way they, they see fit. But for, for the sort of builds that I do, and for the way my mind works, this this works. And uh, yep, usually, right? There are some exceptions. I'm building uh, I'm building more studless models now, and also mini fig scale for a collaboration uh, that was intended for Brick Fair this year, but obviously that got cancelled. We're now hoping to do it at Brickfair next year. Um, and I'm building some mini fig scale airplanes that are studless. And, uh, and the overall size, I still do that on paper. And, and that works. But I find that certainly building studless, that there's a lot more trial and error involved in actually getting it to work. And uh, so they're, 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 a bit, they're a bit harder. But you know, I get there in the
1: end just a little bit more time Um, yeah gotta gotta play with bricks a little bit longer oh darn Uh,
0: (laughs) yeah terrible terrible it's uh you
1: know uh, now um uh, uh, (laughs) with your with your models that you take to conventions um how how's that transport is it pretty difficult to get (laughs) these to these conventions
0: um well you know
1: um it's not too terrible
0: uh, mm-hmm. I mean it is legal right so if something breaks, you can right. put it back together so uh, but yeah i've, uh, I've, I've traveled I've, I've visited brick Fair a few times I think seven times now, uh, which which means you know going on an airplane and uh, putting them in my in, in, in my suitcase and uh, what I typically do is I, I I take off the most fragile bits anyway so if I'm, if you're if you think of an airplane, obviously you realize that if any sort of force is going to act on it, you know, the, the vertical fin will snap off, right? Or the, or the, or the nose cone or the other carriage or the mess up. So those fragile bits, I always, always take them off um, preemptively and I put them in a little Ziploc bag. And then uh, the rest that's, 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 that's left, say the, the fuselage and the wings, I wrap that up into bubble wrap. Uh, and then the, 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 the whole package with the bubble wrap will go into a, into a large ziplock bag. Um, and then that ziplock bag will go into my suitcase, surrounded by you know clothes and um, underwear and whatnot, so that it doesn't rattle around. Um, and uh, usually, you know, they're 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 okay. Um, some things might break, but usually they're not too bad. There will always be some repair uh, that will need to be done, but. Um, I've never had a model that was so badly mangled that I couldn't put it back together in, say, half an hour or so. Which uh, you know, if you're at a four-day convention, what's well, half an hour? Well, it's not. Oh, an hour. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a whole social side to this hobby that um, might not be apparent to people who are looking at it from the outside.
1: Yes, and it, it you get to be a part of that community, and especially be a part of, you know. Uh, the environment because it's fun conventions are always it, fun. Is, it, is, it is a lot of fun um
0: I, I i i never knew how much fun this this sort of thing was until i first actually went to one which is uh probably 2000 my first lego event i think was in 2007 in the uk i was really nervous when i went there thinking oh god well, what are people going to be like but you know everybody is a lego fan and most lego fans are rich people. And you have lots of things to talk about because you're all Lego fans. And, uh, yeah, it was right. You know, there's no awkwardness, certainly in the UK, right, where 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 there's a lot of, um, where there are a lot of topics that you really don't discuss with people you don't know that well, which is why everybody talks about the weather because that's a safe subject. Well, when you're among British Lego builders, plenty of stuff to talk about. And uh, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun and, and, and that got me that got me started in the whole you know adult fan of Lego scene going to the fence, um, traveling. Um, I combine I combine trips with uh, with holidays typically. Um, and all uh, right, I go to Brickford, Virginia, but I usually spend some time in in, in in Virginia or in Maryland, or I travel elsewhere in the United States um, before flying back home. I was in Japan last year, also for a LEGO event. But I spent uh, spent about a, a week and a half in Japan with other LEGO builders, also sightseeing, and it was just it was just good, good fun. And, uh, you know, this is this is a big part of my uh, social calendar, which uh, you know, with the pandemic, really sucks. But what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, I will say it's. I, I can't wait till we get back to it because um, it, it just brings yeah. us all together in a great like in-place community and I know we're we're kind of winding down here on our interview too um but I just want to first I'll say thank you you know for taking the time to talk to uh myself and especially our listeners today I I think they'll really they'll get a great perspective of you know your builds which uh well uh, I'll plug at the end here and uh the community just my final question is like how do you think how do you think Lego has affected or changed your life Oh my um, i end with the big one i always do <laughs> I, think, uh, I think
0: i touched i think i touched on that uh, a little bit in in the previous questions in that um the lego events and uh, interacting with other lego fans has become a big part of my of my social calendar um and specifically uh i mentioned the uk right the the, the reason why and actually went to a Lego event and joined a Lego users group in the UK was um, because I moved to the UK in 2006, and I had a hard time getting to know people. I felt a little bit lonely, and I realized that um, if, I, if I wanted to meet people, I had to go out, uh, but I'm not very much into sports, um, and I'm also not into pub crawls. At least not usually i don't, I don't mind a mm-hmm. punk every now and then but you know it's I'm not a not a, a, a boozy kind of person and uh but i was a lego builder and i knew there were other Lego builders out there and i i i got to meet them and that made my life in the uk a lot nicer with a with a with a whole social calendar and uh and and, and trips and uh, even, you know, you probably know this as well. If you get together with other LEGO builders, you might start talking about LEGO, but you start talking about a lot of other things as well. Um, so I made a lot of friends. Um, LEGO's done that. So that, that's, that's a big thing. Um, I also think that um, that's probably, well, how much should I put this? So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a physicist, and I, I, I teach about guided missiles to midgetmen. Right? That's, that's, that's what I do nowadays. Um, and, uh, but being a technical sciences, and you as an electronic warfare officer probably know this as well, uh, the sort of skills you need, um, they, they overlap um, to some extent with the Lego building. Um, so, uh, so, and certainly as a physicist, when it comes to sort of being able to visualize things in 3D, um, Lego building has worked to my advantage in that respect greatly, because I can I can visualize things in three D really easily, and that's been honed and trained by the Lego building. So I think that works to my advantage, or or has worked to my advantage in in, in getting the career uh, that I that I have, and you know becoming a physicist and all that. Um, so that works,
1: um, and it's just a great way to relax. And for me, like it gets my creativity out, and I think it's the same for all builders. In some sense, you've built yourself into a community and found like-minded people that are are, yeah. you know, using this as their outlet for creativity, for relaxation, or to you know enjoy yeah. the things that they already love, such as vehicles from television shows or uh, aircraft from uh, around the ha- the globe for the from the military. It's it's um, a great way to continue on in your own passions in one really fun medium.
0: That's, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we were wrapping up this interview, and that sounds like a pretty good conclusion to me. <laughs> hey,
1: I think so, too. Well, uh uh, Ralph, I, I just want to thank you again. This was really fun to talk to you. Um, and, you know, hopefully in the future we can meet uh, here at uh, Brick Fair in Virginia and anyone else who's in the Virginia area. Uh, we'll, we'll hopefully next year have a good crowd and maybe I'll come out and, you know, have a podcast running out there. But everyone, please go check out uh, Ralph's uh, great work. I, I will definitely be posting all of his uh, links in the show notes and um, uh, really just appreciate the hard work and effort that goes into all of this but uh, Ralph again it thank you
0: my, my pleasure Garrett and indeed you know um, hopefully there will be a great fair Virginia next year and we should, uh, we should definitely get together and uh, have some of that barbecue at Willard's
1: definitely definitely well thank you again Ralph thank you I want to thank you again for listening to this episode. And if you're looking to come on the show or know somebody that wants to come on the show, make sure to message me on Instagram at backtobrick2 and reach out on my email as well, backtobrick at gmail.com. It's an easy process. I I really want to hear from all kinds of people. You don't even have to be a designer. If you just love Lego and want to talk about it, this is the show for you. I want to make it so that not just AFOLs enjoy this, but all people who want to learn about Lego. So I'll leave you with this as I always do. Get creative, get out there, and go build something.